1: Talk station with the King of New York oh, Curtis Lewa 77 WABC I like to be in
0: America Okay by me in America Everything free in America For us of in America And way And way Let's pump it up here Oh my god John Hamburg wo what was that intro to me Oh god. Coming up to 3 o'clock hour. What am I, chopped liver, Joan? That you're going to put on a rich cracker? Don't you realize that I come on at 3 to 5 and then follow up from 9 to 11 and then finish off my Quinella on the weekends where WABC always stands for the acronym Always Broadcasting Curtis. With the Animal Welfare Hour, which is the most requested, most called into, other many hours, especially with the Thanksgiving Day extended vacation, I think I ended up doing 48 this time, double the number, and I could double that, what to 96, right? Is that right? And I didn't do too good, man. But hey, Joe, this is Curtis here, right? How long have we been doing radio? You've been doing it a little longer than me with the veterans, but you intro uh, coming up uh, the three o'clock hour show. Really, really, I'm just chop living. I get no respect. I'm like the Rodney Dangerfield at WABC. No matter how many hours I do, no matter how well I'm doing in the ratings, and right now I'm number two behind Sid Rosenberg and number two in sales, after a year coming back from a campaign to try to convince you, you made a big mistake. You think you have the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, who's going to Qatar for World Cup? And then I, I see that Frankie Diaz. What the hell? Did he take melatonin? Uh, 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 could you be any more down, boring? It's raining outside, right? It's going to be raining. It's uh, great clouds over your head. You got to get people pumped up. And there's Frankie Diaz uh, 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 and mutts. And see, that woke me up because I used to be called a mutt in Kanashi. By my cousins, the Supreme Cousins—Lenny Beans, Bianchino, Joey G, the Chief from Howard Beach—they would say, "What kind of name is slywa Saliva, Saluba, Sua?" I'd say it was Polish, and they'd say, "Polish? What's that? Where where's that on the map? You morons! I wonder why you're all special-ed. You Gavons, you you Jadrules." And so they would call me a mutt because I was only part Italian. So that's the only thing that like. Wow, Frankie Diaz in that exciting news update, oldie moldy news, mentioned the term mutts, and it got me all fired up, and I'm going to be fired up until 5 o'clock, and then it's, oh, it's uh, Vinny Madunio, and who should he be doing a tribute to on this day, he better be sharp, he better be on his game. They call him the Prince of Staten Island now as he spins stacks of wax from 5 to 6 before Jersey Joe Piscopo comes in. And for two hours, it's a Frank Sinatra extravaganza sponsored by Ramsey Mazda. He better be on his game. He better know how significant today is because you're going to hear it from me in the next hour when I go old Lower East Side. Oh, Lower East Side, yeah, hipsters and millennials, the very place you colonize And you have no idea the history of the Lower East Side, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You pay like $4,000 for a closet and you say, ooh, mommy, daddy, I'm living in the alphabet jungle, ooh, 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 you don't mind if I take money from the blind trust? I don't have a job, I don't do anything all day, but play, play, play video games, And but I live on the Lower East Side, you schmuck, you putz. Oh, I'm lining up at Katz's today in the rain because it's so trendy. It's so cool on Houston Street. Houston? You got on. It's Houston Street. Oh, my God, what I got to deal with. But let's get right down to it because the number one problem in New York City, in addition to the crime crisis, in addition to the homeless situation, of which they're all in the subways today. Everybody was in the streets, guess where they are? They're on the E-Train. It's the moving no motel, Holiday Inn Express because the E-Train is the only subway line, and the many subway lines, that is completely underground from the World Trade Center down to Jamaica Station where it merges with the J-Train. And then you want to take the monorail to JFK. A lot of people will, but they'll be coming from JFK back to the city. Knock yourself out if you can get through this kind of weather or if they're even permitting you to land at JFK or LaGuardia or the slowest of all airports in the world. And that takes in even third-world countries. Newark. Good luck out there. But we're going to deal with immigration without a question. The number one issue in New York City because it's one we created. Now, I know many of you say, what do you mean you we created it, Curtis? They're invading across the border, especially Texas, from Mexico right into Texas. There's Eagle Pass, and those are the ones that Greg Abbott, the governor, is putting on the greyhound, pounding the hound. He's now pouring them into Philadelphia, and a lot of them are saying, No! Don't send us to Philadelphia! We would rather go to Medellin and Cali and deal with the narco-terrorists and the cartels in Colombia. There's too much crime in Philly, and they're jumping out on their way to Philadelphia all along the way. No, I gotta go to the bathroom. Okay, the bus driver has to stop. And then all of a sudden Diego and Sandra are like running and <laughs> aren't coming back. I'm not going to Philadelphia. The bus drivers have Philadelphia freedom. You know that's where America birthed and hell no, it's dangerous. Wait, I thought you're seeking asylum from the dangers of El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras. Venezuela, Colombia. Uh, it's dangerous there, but it's more dangerous in Philadelphia. So Greg Abbott is sending the illegal aliens to Philadelphia now. He's giving New York City a break. We have 22,000, 22,000, and most of them are single, able-bodied a young men from Venezuela. Now, what happened to all the families? I thought, you know, mothers with children, children who are not escorted, you know, it's like... Every, every time I see them, they're single, able-bodied guys. Now... If it was up to me, since they're here and I can't send them back, I, if I were scouts for the Mets and the Yankees in the interim, I'd be trying them out on the ball fields and nobody plays baseball in New York City to see if they got an arm, if they can play shortstop or center field or hit because Venezuelans love baseball. Call. Call from the illegals, right? And sign them up right there. Take them. Well, they were in Randalls Island for a while. You got all those baseball fields that nobody uses except to play soccer. That fake, phony, fraudulent football they spell with a U that they're doing in Qatar, that our mayor, swagger man, Eric Adams with no plan, is going there for three days. What's he going there for? To learn how to do security for the World Cup. Why? Why are you going, Eric Adams, Swaggerman with no plan? Because, you know, in 2026, we are one of the many venues that will be hosting matches on the pitch throughout the United States, Mexico, and Canada because it's the first time that you have three countries hosting events that lead to the final, no doubt, shootout that will lead to the World Cup champions. Oh. So, Eric Adams, where are the games being played? Oh, Los Angeles, Kansas City, Miami, Houston. Okay. Are they playing any in New York City? City Field, you know, home of the Mets? No. Uh, Yankee Stadium, which hosts uh, soccer games there off season. No. W- 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 where are they playing the World Cup uh, qualifying match? East Rutherford, Secaucus, MetLife Stadium. Now, let me check the map. Last time I saw that was in New Jersey across the Hudson. Now, I realize New York City thinks that Ellis Island is part of New York City, that the Statue of Liberty is part of New York City. Not. MetLife Stadium, even though it houses the New York Jets and the New York Giants, it's New Jersey. So what the hell do you have to go to Qatar at taxpayers' expense with a huge entourage? And be pimping three days, sitting with the emirs and the crown princes with the shmatas on their heads who hate Jews. What the hell are you doing there? Well, we got a crime crisis here. And we got illegal aliens all over. Our number is one 800 That's 1-800-848-WABC. For instance, let me give you a brief geographical lesson of what's going on because it is really a shame. You see how bad the weather is outside. It's not that cold, but it's a miserable rain. And so where are the illegals right now? They're surrounding the federal building at Foley Square, right downtown near City Hall, off of Lafayette. Hundreds wrapped around the bar, trying to sign up for asylum. You think, like Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plans since he invited them here, he had the arrangement with the Democratic mayor in El Paso as they crossed across the, the bridge from Juarez where the narco-terrorists were trying to shoot them as they fled. You think he would have said, hey, since I have an arrangement with the Democratic mayor in El Paso to bring them here, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? It's Eric Adams with my $5,000 customized suits. I'm your Papa Chulo. You think he would have arranged for them to be processed for asylum with the feds oh i forgot we are a sanctuary city we don't deal with the feds we don't deal with ice we meet today, immigration and naturalization service they are the demons right wrong our number is one 800 848 that's 1-800-848-WABC we invite them here we tell them you're going to go to a tent there in orchard beach and even AOC all our crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists and the Justice Warriors, said, hey, you schmendrick with the fancy suit on, with the schmata on, Eric Adams. A little bit of rain like this, and it floods. No, no, I'm an engineer. I know everything. I'm omnipotent, I'm pretentious. Guess what? She was right, he was wrong. They folded the tan, it cost us a few million dollars. Next stop, Randall's Island. Oh, okay, instead of 1,000 single, able-bodied Venezuelans from Maduro land, let's put them on Randall's Island, 500 of them. Okay, they put up a tent. All the engineers, the Parks Department employees saying, hey, Schmendrick, a little bit of rain like today and it floods. Oh, no, it won't. I, I know because, you know, what high school did you go to? Oh, Bayside. Oh, yeah, 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 they taught engineering. Did you go to Brooklyn Tech? No. Bronze High School of Science? No. Stuyvesant? No. You went to Bayside High School, and this makes you an expert on flooding? Don't worry about it. Spent a few other million dollars. It's flooded. No more tent there. So now they're putting them up in the Watson Hotel in Midtown. And because we're in the Christmas season now that Thanksgiving is over, guess how much one room costs if you're going to stay, if you're a dopey tourist from Indiana, Iowa, or Ohio? Where you have no idea that the rooms that you're booking in the Watson Hotel, that like three quarters of the hotel is occupied by Venezuelans, right? Who want, oh, we gotta watch World Cup, World Cup, right? They're out in the hallways, they're running up and down, you know, they're playing volleyball. You're bringing your family in, you said, what the hell is this? I'm paying $848 a night to be housed with illegal aliens from Venezuela who are saying America's no good. Hey, Hugo Chavez, Maduro, long live Venezuela. Oh, my God. What a miserable experience in New York City, right, for the tourists. Touristas. How dare you come into this hotel? This is ours, the illegal aliens. Why, why? Well, you know, they put us in the tent at Orchard Beach, folded the tent, millions of dollars, put us in Randall's Island, folded the tent. Now we're in the Watson Hotel. And if we're really lucky... We end up being housed in the Milford Plaza, just two blocks from the Port Authority, where we arrive pounding the hound from Texas, all expenses paid by Catholic charities, where Cardinal Dolan welcomes us. He said, oh, great, you're Catholics, right? Yes, yes. Oh, you'll fill our pews, because, you know, on Sundays they're empty. So, you know, when the the collection basket goes through, we don't care that you don't have dollars yet or euros But whatever pesos you have, please put them in the wicker baskets. There are four collections. There is the collection for the parish. There's the bishop's collection. There's my collection for the cardinals. And there's the collection for the Vatican. Hey, welcome to America. Four collections at your Sunday service, courtesy of the Roman Catholic Church that wants the illegals to pour over. But they don't want to pay for it because Catholic Charities gets grants from the federal government and demeans ICE. Hmm. I no wonder why Cardinal Dolan is so happy when the illegals pour in. I saw the guy taking pictures when they were getting off the bus. He had no ID. He's always, uh, he might as well be Santa Claus, right, at Macy's in Herald Square. Two guys are standing next to him. They got tattoos of MS-13 on their neck. Hey, Cardinal O'Connor, look at their necks. You see that? That's not a Vatican stamp. That's the stamp of... Toristas, terrorists, narco-terrorists, gangbangers. And you know, they're probably looking at Cardinal Dolan and saying, boy, this gringo's pretty stupid. Doesn't he realize we're gangbangers? We're members of a group that then-President Donald Trump Trump said bad hombres, right? How crazy is this that we're paying for this through Catholic Charities? A few more buses arrived today. You ask the illegals getting off the bus, who bought your ticket? Catholic Charities. Hmm. Was it with Catholics' money? No. Federal government money. Wow, this is a racket. This is a business. This is like a shakedown of the American base. Can we say something since we're paying for this? No, shut up. Just pay your taxes. How come the illegal aliens are staying at the Watson Hotel, $848 a night, and I'm lucky if I can afford a no motel Holiday Inn Express? Shut up. Pay your pet taxes. Don't worry about it. We're taking care of it. That's what I'm worried about. Swagger Man with no plan welcomes them in, gives them a red carpet, houses them in 52 hotels. There are 22,000 of these illegal aliens. And in the middle of this crisis, hey, I'm going to see World Cup. What the hell is this? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And oh, oh, what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the news, how they slipped us a Mickey during the Thanksgiving vacation? Maduro is evil, right? He is the clone of Hugo Chavez. Communism, socialism, oppression. Okay, I, I, I buy that. Well, now he signed the pact with all of the insurgents in Venezuela decrying human rights violation. Where? In Venezuela. What? They're all signing a page? Oh, they're kissing one another. It's great. Peace. No more war. No more insurrection. Yet the illegals still keep coming. Because they don't, they're they not going to get bamboozled by that. And guess what? Maduro wants them to keep coming. He can't feed them. He can't clothe them. He's worried about insurrection. The type that he sees with his friends, the Ayatollahs in Iran every day, the type that he sees with his friends now in Red China, where they're objecting to COVID-19 restrictions, where they're being locked up. Maduro goes, I don't want that here in Venezuela. So just like Fidel Castro did in 1980 with the Mariolito boat lift, Hey, there's a sucker, Jimmy Carter, who will welcome them to America, right? I'm going to send them right out of my prisons, my mental asylums, my political insurgents. I'm going to clean out the island. And he did. Well, let's see. That was Jimmy Carter in 1980. Who's the president now? Oh, God. Joe Biden. Who's worse, Jimmy Carter or Joe Biden? Toss up. Let's get a coin here. Heads or tails? Oh, my God. And this is what many of you who flew away, you went down to Desantisland, Florida, for the extended Thanksgiving Day vacation. You saw Freedom Land. And this is what you're flying back into and you're looking at your wives and your children and were saying, we're getting the hell out of here. Put the for sale sign up. It's time to move to Florida, Georgia. Maybe we can help hurt you in the last second. Remember, who was it? There were some noted Democrats the last time around in the runoff who said, I'm moving to Georgia. Andrew Yang, remember, I'm moving to Georgia. I'm going to help you. (sighs) That's not the people moving to Georgia now. It's people like us. In North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown, they're fleeing. And why are they fleeing? Because they've been told they're not wanted here by first who Andrew evilized Cuomo. Remember when he said, get out of here if you're a conservative or a Republican. We don't want you here. Oh, really? And then, naturally, Xerox copied by Kathy Crime Wave said, if you support Seldon, if you support Trump, if you support Molinaro, Molinaro, he wasn't even a Trumper. Leave New York State for all time. And guess what, Kathy Crime Wave now that you've been elected, the exodus continues. Our number is one 800 848 That's 1-800-848-WABC. I go back to San Juan. Uh, I know
1: what boat you can get. WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Well, I was. At the immigration scene Shining and feeling clean Could it be a sin? I Got stopped by the immigration man Said he doesn't know it began Let me in,
0: Let me in. No, no more No mas, no mas We're overloaded 22,000 alone here in New York City And they just keep flooding over the border. And then you saw recently what happened. A federal judge struck down the Trump-era border policy that allowed law enforcement to swiftly expel illegal aliens caught entering the country illegally. The policy known as Title 42 put on the shelf. And who stood there before the cameras and the microphones? Mayorkas, the czar of Homeland Security. He said, No, 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 the borders are safe. Uh, don't worry about it, American people. Now, hey, my Arkansas, are you just a liar or are you excessively stupid? Uh, liar. Because I know you're not stupid. You're not like Giggles Harris, <laughs> vice president arena of border control who's never been to the border. Or Papa Chulo, Joe Biden, who welcomed the illegals in when he was debating President Donald Trump, and he said, who's your daddy? Come on, when I'm your president, right? Come on, and they had the shirts already. Hey, my daddy, Joe Biden, I'm here, let me in. The man, they're flooding it. They're flooding it. And then that sanctimonious hypocrite, the schmuck departs Chuck E. G. Schumer. Had a press conference. Uh, flush with the thrill of victory, the victory over the midterm elections, that once again he'll be the majority leader. What a shanda. And then he said to us the very first time why he really wants the illegal aliens to keep coming in. Listen to this. You know, if you're out there and you're doing like uh, population control, you know, you're figuring, let's look at our budget, hun. Eh, we can have maybe maybe two kids the most who will blow our budget out. No, Chuck Schumer says, because you don't fornicate and copulate enough, because you use condoms, because you're not going to fertility clinics, we don't have enough people, so we need more illegal aliens. Now more than ever, we're short of workers, Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. However, how many? It's more than 11 million. What a schmuck, what a putz. The reason we're welcoming in illegal aliens is because you see, Americans, you're not doing your duty. You're not like your great-grandparents, you know, with 8 kids, 10 kids, 13 kids. like my grandfather, Fidela Bianchino, Nicoletta Bianchino, from Bari in Italy. My grandfather couldn't read or write, but boy, he knew how to produce children. Unfortunately, my uh, grandmother, Nicoletta, had to deal with the burden of birthing the children. 13! My mother being the last drop. Francesca, the only one born in America. Is that what he's advocating? If families have, like... 13 kids, 15 kids, you know, uh, uh, instead of deplete the population, which I thought we're supposed to be doing with global warming climate change. There's 8 billion people on this planet. We can't sustain it. So what does Chuck Schumer do? He flips the script and he goes, Americans, you know, you're not really doing your part. Take those condoms off. Sounded like Clarence Thomas will come after your marital (sighs) (sighs) contraception. Shut up, Clarence Thomas! Shut up, Chuck Schumer! You know, you you talk nonsense. They're intellectually stupid. No. They think we are idiots, that we can't figure this out. We should have more children, and if we don't have more children that we can't support, because then we'd have to go on welfare like a lot of other Americans, then we need illegal aliens to come in. Why? I thought this is the age of artificial intelligence. I'm listening to Elon Musk. Forget about it. You want to go up to the counter of BK and Mickey D's? Pretty soon it'll be Robbie Robot who will be serving you. Danger, Mr. Robinson! What did you say? What do you want on your Big Mac? You want me to supersize your fries? Wow, you're a talking robot. I'm more intelligent than all of you. I would never be standing online at a fast food place paying like $18.50 for cold food. Boy, wouldn't that be great? And you look at him, he's, he's right. No wonder why artificial intelligence is more superior than human intelligence. Yeah, why are we paying $18.50 for cold food? Not only that, food that's going to clog our arteries and lead us to go into the ICU and maybe be dead and buried by the time we're 55. Ah. So we're bringing people in because we need the workers, even though we're in the age of robotics, artificial intelligence, and we're being told by all the uber-rich That at some point in the very near future, half the world will have to be given a livable income for sitting at home and doing nothing because we're not going to need them on the assembly line. Or making Big Macs, strawberry shirts, uh, uh, strawberry shakes, and supersizing the fries. You see what I mean, ladies and gentlemen? You sit back and you listen to both sides of this argument and you say, you know, they're they're really, they're they're doing the rope-a-dope on us. The rope-a-dope. Hey, Orthodox Jews, you're doing your part. That's what Schumer should have said. You're having a lot of kids. Oh, observing Muslims, let me give you a high five. You're doing your part. You're having a lot of kids. The rest of you, you hipsters and millennials, some of you have decided to have no children at all. You are the enemies of our society. We must become a nation of 400 million. We got to become like the Red Chai. No, we don't want to get that way, like a billion and a half people like India. Really? Do we really want to get that way? I mean, I'm confused. I have vertical here. I thought the idea is deplete the population so we can preserve the natural resources so we don't have to get on an Elon Musk rocket in the future and colonize Mars and be in a hazmat suit walking around the red Mars surface trying to survive because we destroyed mother earth because we overpopulated it with 8 billion people. Can somebody please help me here? I'm desperately in need of this. Oh, by the way, the illegal aliens today is raining. While Eric Adams, swagger man, is preparing for his uh, visit to Qatar. It's so important to New York City that we know how to do security. Security for World Cup? You know, at the rate he's going, four years and he'll be out. That's 2025 before World Cup even comes in our area, which is in Secaucus, East Rutherford, MetLife. How about learning to do security in the freaking subways, in the streets, in the parks? That's what you were elected for. Oh, oh, sorry. He's suffering attention deficit disorder. Give him legal Adderall. You know, that's like uh, that's like legal amphetamines. So let him get back on focus. Oh, well, focus is going and getting customized for his $5,000 suits. Our know it's one 800 848 That's 1-800-848-WABC. Up next, the American Civil Liberties Union has a Thanksgiving wish list. They want Joe Biden to free 30,000 criminal illegal aliens who are being held in jails in America waiting to be deported back to their country of origin nearby in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and downtown Vesey Street below the Lower East Side. And you know something? Joe Biden, dependent on the last person to mumble and stumble into him, might actually do that.
1: W.A.B.C. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 W.A.B.C.
0: And all of those who want the illegal aliens to continue to flood in say, Well, look at the gift from the French people, the Statue of Liberty in our harbor. Give us your tired, your poor, your wretched, or whatever else is on the statue there. I never went to the Statue of Liberty for that. Most New York City residents never go, never went to Ellis Island or the Statue of Liberty. Okay, I digress. But think about that. Let me see. I think, um,. Ellis Island was closed in 1954, which was uh, the year I was birthed. So you used to have to be vetted. You used to to have to have a sponsor, unless you were a boat jumper. There's actually a club, the boat jumpers, that assemble in Garfield, New Jersey, that has its fair share of illegal aliens, Mexicanos. And they get together, and they talk about how their grandfathers and great-grandfathers, as the ships were coming towards Hoboken, coming towards the port in Brooklyn, along the, the uh, west side of Manhattan, jumped out when they saw the Statue of Liberty and swam, you know, did the Australian crawl on the backstroke to New Jersey. Notice, they didn't swim to New York. That's why the Boat Jumpers Club is in Garfield, New Jersey. Anyway, I digress. So let's get back on track. So... There's no more Ellis Island. So where do you have to show up with a sponsor? Where does a family member or a friend have to show up and say, I know this man, uh, Juan Valdez, you know, who was picking uh, coffee beans in the hills of Colombia." You remember the Juan Valdez commercial. right? I vouch for him. If Juan Valdez cannot get an apartment, cannot get a job, cannot sustain himself or support him and his 12 kids and his family... I will take responsibility. It is not the responsibility of the city, the state, or the country. That's the way it used to be. Oh, we can't do that now. Why not? Why not? Didn't it work for your grandparents, great-grandparents? Unless they were boat jumpers. But then again, most uh, illegal aliens can't swim. You know, let's face it. They come from countries where <laughs> they were drown in a bathtub. They weren't taught to swim. Oh, my God. This is so obvious. Oh, that's right. Back on track. So, uh, the American Civil Liberties Union has appealed to Joe Biden. They said, look, it is the 20th anniversary of the Department of Homeland Security. You know, led by Mayorkas, that's right. Mayorkas, who stands there every day in the well of Congress and tells us our borders are secure. Now, either he is a pathological liar, or he is stupid. Uh, I've been on the pathological, pathological liar, so... They want the celebration to include eliminating a program which allows the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, the ICE, to work directly with towns and cities to help swiftly turn over criminal illegal aliens. Definition being they didn't just get here illegally. That's not the definition. But it was found out that they had committed crimes in their country of origin that they escaped from. Prosecution or they committed crimes, serious crimes here while they were supposedly waiting for an asylum here in five years later. Right, right. So they want that ICE program eliminated. In fact, they want to eliminate ICE. Now, where did they get that idea from? Oh, slowly I turn, step by step. And on our FM affiliate, WLIR, that reaches out to the east end of Long Island, Sitting there in their Cuomo compound, there is Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. He is who disgraziata. Next to him is Fredo, right? Chris Cuomo, uh, who's got a muscle between both ears, and of course their leg breaker, Joe Pococo, who just finished doing a bid in federal penitentiary, 60 years for political corruption on behalf of the Cuomos. And as they stir the marinara sauce and they hit the mattresses, I hearken you back to the time when Governor Cuomo was out in Long Island, which had been taken over by MS-13, Brentwood, Central Iceland, the Danch, Wine Danch, even Hampton Bay, Hempstead, all these places were overrun with MS-13. And what was it that uh, Barack Obama called MS-13? Oh, yeah, they're the JV. Like he called ISIS. Until Trump came in there with Congressman Peter King. And the uh, attorney general at that point had said, we're going to deal with these bad hombres. But this was the antidote to that. I don't forget, Andrew Cuomo, you may think others do as you resurrect yourself like a zombie from the grave. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. Now, what's the difference between what Andrew Cuomo really believes? Because, you know, he hasn't changed his mind on that. No matter what the flim-flam man says now. Then the ACU is saying, look, rather than providing any proven law enforcement benefit, these ICE law enforcement collaboration programs have resulted in racial profiling. Local police are emboldened to stop arrest and bring low-level charges against people who look like immigrants with the actual aim of helping ICE. Deport them. Well, what does uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas say about that? He said, we're contemplating that. Releasing 30,000 illegal criminal aliens, narco-terrorists, sex traffickers, drug dealers, gangbangers. Is 30,000 being detained in federal facilities, waiting to be deported to their country of origin? And so the ACLU says, look, this is pragmatic. This is why you got to do it, because with money being depleted in our budget, ICE should be ending private prison contracts, shuttering abusive detention sites, and supporting community-based alternatives to detention that enable immigrants to navigate the immigration system and fairly make their case for protection from deportation. They want to release them all. 30,000 of them. And they're telling Joe Biden, do it as a gift to the Department of Homeland Security, to Mayorkas. This way you don't have to be worried about detaining them, feeding them, supervising them, and then transporting them back to their country of origin. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're contemplating this. They really hate ICE that's hey, scared Adams, swagger man with no plan. He said the same thing, that they're thugs. Now, wait a second. Who are the thugs, ICE or MS-13, 18th Street, Trinitarios, the Dominican cat? Aren't they the thugs and thuggets, not ICE? Aren't they heroes every day, these men and women who go unrecognized, put on bulletproof vests, kiss their families goodbye, and know they may not come back or they may come back severely wounded? Because these uh, criminal aliens, some of them gangbangers, narco terrorists, they chop off heads in their country of origin. You think they're just gonna willingly go when La Migra shows up, Ice? Hell no! They're gonna say, hey, I I finally got to paradise, Nirvana. You're not taking me back and dragging me into the belly of the beast in El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras? I'm gonna fight to stay here, Ice. Come get me, huh? I'll melt you down before you take me in. Remember that famous that famous scene in Sierra Madre with Humphrey Bogart? Remember he's with the Federales? The Federales say, hey, throw your guns here. Throw your guns there, Give yourself up, gringos. And then all of a sudden, Humphrey Bogart, who was from the Upper West Side of Manhattan, I might add, says, look, show us that you're Federales. And then remember the Federale said, I don't need to show you my stinking badge. Huh? And then they got into a shootout. <laughs> Did we forget Sierra Madre? What a great film. Hey, many of you need on a rainy No, no, not today. You're going to be listening to Curtis Sliwa all day. Don't be watching football. Don't tell me, oh, I had uh, tryptophan, you know, from the leftovers of the turkey, the mashed the gravy. Not, no excuse. Listen to me live and local. I don't want to hear the podcast routine. Enough of that podcast. This is live and local radio, the way it's done. Instantaneous. It is the most intimate form of communication. You don't see this on TV. TV, it's all scripted. You don't get this from a podcast. Oh, when was this podcast done? Like nine years ago? Oh, I want to listen to it today. My number is one 800 that's one 800 wabc WABC.
1: No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.
0: started in the city of angels and los angeles where the population is supposedly about three and a half million four million and there are now more illegal aliens in los angeles than there are american citizens yet yeah, more illegal aliens in la than there are american citizens and remember pretty boy gus Newsom. The uh, governor of the failed state of California, where people are fleeing in mass, unfortunately, turning red states purple, like Arizona, like Colorado. But they can't wait to get the hell out of Cali, Cali, because it is crime central. It is illegal alien central. And what did pretty boy Gus Newsom say yesterday to uh, assuage the fears of the Biden administration? I'm not going to run for president. I'm going to support you for reelection. Yeah, sure he is. He's planning the coup d'etat in the DNC. Never trust pretty boy Gus Newsom. Never. I mean, he almost got recalled, right? We almost ended up with a good governor, Larry Elder. But the people of California, they said, no. he's like from Central Casting. Look at him. He looks like the president, right? Yeah, so did John Lindsay look like a mayor in New York City. That's why the women swooned over him. Oh, we need John Lindsay. That guy destroyed New York City. It took 20 years later for my Kumbada Rudy Giuliani, to resurrect the city of New York and bring us back. And look at what's happened with the illegitimate duo of the part time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, Bill de Blasio. Even the students at Harvard say, Get out of here, you're fully bull feathers. And Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. No law and order, by the way. Let me give you a little update here. <laughs> Supposed to flood the subway system with comps, right? Oh, yeah. Overtime. Triple overtime. F train today. 34th Street, Herald Square. Lots of tourists there, right? Macy's upstairs. Two guys getting into a beef. What is it over? Yo, man, I want a Newport cigarette. That's like currency in the street. Mentors. Guy goes, nah, nah, man. You're going to have to give me $5 for this cigarette, for this Lucy. to $5? I said yeah joe biden inflation boom he took out his shit bam bam i'm gonna take it from you and then he ran off and all the tourists are looking at the guy bleed out right there on 34th street on the platform They're like what the hell did i come to new york city for Santa claus is upstairs right i'm not bringing my kid to Santa claus god only knows he's a pedophile right i'm out of here and then oh yeah check this out oh where are the nypd in the subways Apparently, a stunning raven-haired duo robbed a woman on a Brooklyn subway platform. Now, in some quiet, lonely, isolated subway platform that few people are on. Hell no! 4.30 in the afternoon on the northbound Q-train platform where? Barkley Center Atlantic Avenue. The place is packed. So these two raven-haired females... By the way, what color is the complexion of their skin? I noticed they give a complete uh, description of what they were wearing, the fact that they had raven hair. I want to know their color, right? How are we going to help catch them, NYPD, if we don't know if they have olive skin, if they're Asian, Hispanic-looking, maybe a dark hue, Black, possibly white. Let's see, over on the point spread, hmm, Black. Absolutely. No question about it. (laughs) Oh, my God. The victim was waiting for a train when one of these raven head beauties approached her and began speaking to her in a language she didn't understand, pig Latin. And at the same time, the other woman bumped into her from behind. The two then walked away as the victim boarded the train, and she realized... Oh, my God. They did a a bump and run. They stole her wallet. The pickpockets are out there everywhere. When they light up the tree, they're going to be out there in Rockefeller Center. They're already in Times Square. And they're not just our local yokels. They've come in from Colombia where they train to do that. They're expert pickpockets. They're here from... Oh, that's right, Venezuela. They're already here claiming that they're seeking asylum. Expert pickpockets in Caracas. And they got all the suckers here, and they're playing three-card molly right in Times Square in the shadow of St. Patrick's Cathedral. The other day, a guy said, yo, try your luck. Ladies from Era Era Island, they lost $2,000 to the three-card molly guy. Then all of a sudden, he ran with the money before they could call the police. The police clipped him, grabbed him. He didn't have the money. Why? Because they always have a partner. They do the bump and run with the partner. They give him the money. The partner runs into the subway. When the cops catch him, He said, what are you talking about? I don't have any money. What happened to the guy? Cut loose. Welcome to New York City. Where if they don't shoot you or slit your throat or rape you or assault you, they pick your pockets, jostle you. And now you have a tremendous story to go home to tell everybody. Man, you don't want to go to New York City, man. It's like, whoa, hey, that's great for tourism. And what's Eric Adams, swagger man, Mr. Law and Order doing? Oh, preparing to go three days to Qatar at taxpayers' expense to view World Cup to check out what the security provisions are. Because in 2026, there will be a match where? In New York City? City Field? No. Yankee Stadium? No. Oh, MetLife Stadium. Well, That's in New Jersey, right? He's Rutherford, it's caucus. What the hell does he have to know about? Oh, and by the way, at this rate, uh, with an approval rating of 29% lower than Joe Biden, you may only serve one term. You'll be out in 2025. Yeah, like your hero, David Dinkins, like washed out after one term. And nobody's asking, who the hell is paying for this vacation of yours at taxpayers' expense? How many cops are you taking with you? How many deputy mayors? Is your son going to be meeting you there? Who is just on, believe it or not, the Albanian version of American Idol singing rap? Maybe the worst rap song I ever heard in my life. And it was a ripoff of an old song from the 50s. Oh, he's going to get hit with a cop. Oh, no, that's right. In Albania, it's like Red China. You can rip off any intellectual property. They don't respect copyrights, trademarks. What the hell is that? You see, you see, you get it all. It's less than an hour, and I've already filled up your mind with things that are going out there that you said. Man, I had no idea what that was going. Yeah, because I'm not just talking on the radio, running my mouth a mile a minute, reading the newspapers and regurgitating to you. I've been out in the streets, you said. When did you have a chance to be out in the streets? You've been on the radio all week long, weekend long. In between, I was out in Brooklyn Avenue U with the Chinese-Asian community there. And they were saying, we need, we need guardian angel patrols. We're getting ripped off. Hey, immigrants, I thought we're immigrant friendly, right? But we don't seem to mind when Asians get beaten, get abused, get robbed. When they're merchants just opening up brand new businesses, reviving communities that were sliding into the abyss. When all of a sudden the boosters come in, the shoplifters, nothing. So who do they depend on when all else fails? The guardian angels. The hell, I ain't going to Qatar. What is this? I gotta go to Qatar for three days, and nobody says who the hell's paying for this. Don't tell me we gotta—it's on us. Well, who else do you think is paying for this? It ain't some. Uh, oh wait, it could be some Bitcoin bandits. Could be some cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers. Could be some blockchain criminals who have been whining, dining, and pocket lining Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. As you know, he's still standing there with the collapse of FTX and the other cryptocurrency Ponzi scheme business is saying, Oh, I love I love crypto. I love Bitcoin. I love blockchain. In fact, remember I got my first three payments in Bitcoin. Yeah, what happened to all the payments afterwards when Bitcoin went pfft, south? He's going to be on the stage at Lincoln Center. You know who he's going to be on the stage with on November 30th before he takes off for guitar? the ceo of ftx who should be arrested 32 billion dollars just disappeared 18 billion dollars in his pocket and his cronies pockets protected by the crooked bahamian government and the new york times is all for toots oh he's going to be he's going to be our speaker our lead speaker what hey eric adams you're a former cop right you're going to share a stage with him how about arresting him how about doing what the great Rudy Giuliani did. Remember Alice Tully Hall at Lincoln Center? It was one of these marches of the dictators, totalitarians, the brutes to the General Assembly meetings every September at the United Nations. Who was sitting there in Alice Tully Hall? Yes, our Arafat, head of the PLO. Rudy turned to his deputy mayor and he said, you tell him to get the F out of here now. The deputy mayor went over to him and said, uh, hey, Yasser, time for you to pack your bags, find a camel, and get the hell out of here. Yasser Arafat said, you know who I am? I'm Yasser Arafat. You tell that little pisher, that's right, I know Yiddish. You tell that little pisher of a mayor, come over and throw me out. So the deputy mayor, dutifully went back to Rudy. Rudy said, oh, he wants me to go over there and kick his ass? I'll do that right now. And he created an international incident. But guess what? Rudy kicked out Yasser Arafat. Kicked him out. Remember Ed Koch? Remember Ed Koch? Years ago when Jimmy Carter was landing in Marine One on the heliport on the Lower East Side near Wall Street where all the crooks are with the Fortune 500 companies. You know, the uh, hedge fund monsters, the Bitcoin bandits, the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers and blockchain criminals. Remember how he got off? And Mayor Ed Koch shook his hand because he was going to the United Nations to meet with the ambassador to the United Nations, who was doing a backdoor deal with Yasser Arafat at that time. (laughs) And he handed him an envelope and said, don't you dare, Mr. President, don't you dare deal with Yasser Arafat. See, those were mayors who had culiones. Those were mayors who had huevos. Those are mayors who didn't have cocktail onions who were ready to confront our adversaries. But I don't know. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, will be on the stage at Alice Tully Hall, Lincoln Center, promoting cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, blockchain, with the number one criminal worse than what Bernie Madoff did. The CEO of FTX, who's there at the invitation of the old gray lady, the New York Times. So with all these problems here in New York City, with all these illegals who have flooded in because who invited them here? Eric Adams, right? He said, hey, you're coming through uh, Juarez to El Paso. That's my, that's my friend. That's my uh, homeboy. I'm going to take you here. 22,000, and they're lined up around the federal building down on Lafayette and Foley Square in the rain, trying to fill out their asylum papers. What happened? Did Eric Adams forget them? (laughs) You think maybe you sent some city folks down there to help him with the paperwork? You know, to get them through the process? Man. And who's subsidizing all of this? The federal government? No. Uh, State government, Kathy, Crime Wave, Holcomb? No. Catholic charities? Yes, with our money. That's why Cardinal Dolan has such a big grin on his face... Like the cat that swallowed Tweety Bird. Keep coming in. I need you in the pews on Sunday because when there's an English-speaking mass, you can roll a Brunswick bowling ball through and there's nobody but a few widows dressed in black lighting candles. Hey, the Spanish-speaking masses, they're packed to the rafters. Amigos, andale, andale, andale. Guess what? Up next, we're heading to the Lower East Side. I know it's a cold and drizzly day, but I spent a lot of time on the Lower East Side. Hey, I left blood on the streets on Avenue B and C. That's uh, Avenue B and 6th Street. That's where I got shot five times with hollow point bullets. But I'm going to deal with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Four four guys who were criminals, all of whom should have gone straight to hell without an asbestos suit and two heroes, and I don't throw that term around liberally. One, an Asian-American who served two tours in Afghanistan, and one, an Iranian who escaped the Ayatollah Khomeini and has been at Ray's candy store. He's 90 years old, and they're ready to evict him over my dead body.
1: For an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. New York's talk station with the king of New York. About- Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC.
0: Let's play this classic because that newscast by Frankie Diaz was like so old penicillin is forming on it. It's like a, a, a old loaf of bread that's been there for like 10 months, right? That's like news from two weeks ago. And by the way, he sounded like he's had, was had constipation. Like, this is this guy take a melatonin? Or maybe it's the tryptophan from the turkey. Wow, what a drag. Here it is, I got the audience pumping and jumping. I got them in a frenzy. I'm filling their mind with information they don't even know about. And he's talking about Joe Biden mumbling and stumbling and giving a turkey a pardon? That's like a week old. This is WABC, the number one news station, news talk station in America. You know how Barack Obama called ISIS JV right in MS-13 JV? Frankie Diaz, JV. Not ready for prime time, right? Hey, Jimmy Olsen. Why don't you go out and get some Adderall? That's a legal form of amphetamine. I realize there's a shortage of Adderall. You need a prescription. But, man, you got to pump up the volume. And you see, we start this hour. It's a look at the Lower East Side, which is colonized by so many hipsters and millennials at what used to be the alphabet jungle, where you had abandoned buildings, dope fiends everywhere. Now, if you had a closet, you'd have to take a payday loan and reverse mortgage because the hipsters and millennials from Iowa, where there are more pigs and people, and Idaho, where there are more potatoes and people, have brought in their liberal progressive DSA ways and colonized it. And they're not paying for the rent. They're living off mommy and daddy's blind trust and playing video games all day. And then they're hearing about the history and they're saying, oh, Irene Cara... Wow. Yeah, I saw that movie a while back, you know, when I was binge-watching movies. Oh, Flashdance, that's right. And Fame, Irene Carey, who was like the iconic figure out of the Bronx. That even J.Lo, lo diva of all divas, who has finally said, by the way, snap, 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 three snaps up, I'm coming up with a new album, first one in eight years. you think that J.Lo, lo legitimately from the Bronx, unlike AOC, All Out Crazy, Alexandria ocasio Ocasio-Cortez of the DSA, who's from uh, the very affluent Westchester. You think J-Lo could do the right thing finally one time in her life instead of dropping uh, husbands like bad habits? You think she can dedicate this album to Irene Karen, who's a Bronx girl just like she is? Hey, I mean, let's face it. Jenny on the block, grew up in Castle Hill, went to Preston High School in the neck, legitimately the Bronx. But other than Mariah Carey, it's like the biggest diva of all times. Let's do the right thing, Irene Carey. I remember seeing her in the streets of the Lower East Side when I lived there on Avenue A and St. Mark's Place before they shot me up full of lead. And she would be walking around, and I mean, she was like a goddess back then. She was the club queen. She was the singer, the people like J-Lo and Mariah Carey, and even Blondie. All looked at and said, Wow, I want to be just like Irene Carroll. Unfortunately, passed away in Miami Beach just yesterday. And that's why we're doing this tribute to her. Hey, Prince of Staten Island, let me hear that music. Come on, I need that. That's music for my soul. It gets the rhythm going. Vinnie Maduna, Prince of Staten Island, follows at five, right? Protégé of uh, Cousin Brucey. Lenny, I better hear some tributes to Irene Cara, or I will come across the Verrazano Bridge and punch your schnoz right down your throat. I don't want to hear it's just 60s or 70s. I want a tribute to Irene Cara today, whether it's flash dance or fame. you think, think he could do that within an hour, you think? Because Jersey Joe Piscopo can't do that. It's a Sinatra extravaganza sponsored by Ramsey Mazda. From uh, 6 to 8. And then it's uh, Dina Martin, you know, with a tribute to her father, Dean Martin. You know, from uh, <laughs> from Ohio. That's right. He's not, not a local guy, Dean Martin. No, oh, no, I know he sang Volare. Okay, I got it. But he came over from Steubenville with Jimmy the Greek. Yep, yep. And they established their reputation. He became a Rat Packer. And then guess who's back? Yours truly, Curtis Leewell, 9 to 11, which I fill you up with everything that occurred between five and nine and then i top it all off it's a cherry on top of the banana boat with uh, the animal welfare hour with my gorgeous wife nancy animal rescuer par excellence sitting at home with our 18 rescue cats all of whom would have been destroyed killed if not for nancy and other rescuers who spend their life removing them from the gas chambers of our animal control, our animal shelters in New York City. Yeah, within 72 hours. If you sacrifice an animal, for instance, and I call it sacrifice, you surrender an animal, know this, if they cannot force them out, if they cannot find them a home of their own, they put them in a gas chamber. Dead. Somebody actually wanted to go on a vacation. They surrendered their cat that they had had for 12 years, surrendered their cat. They couldn't find somebody to take care of the cat. And guess what? Animal control executed that cat in 72 hours. There's a blind cat right now that Nancy's trying to get who was, again, sacrificed. Because when you voluntarily give your animal to animal control, understand these are not no-kill shelters. 72 t- two hours later, they don't find a foster care. They don't find someone to adopt. They kill the animal, huh? So don't, don't be surrendering your animals. Hopefully Nancy will be able to retrieve the bond cap. But they're telling her, oh, well, you know, it's a holiday schedule. I bet you it's not a holiday from executions, right? I bet you that gas chamber is operating. And you know, it's attached to the shelter. So these poor animals that are in their cages, dogs, cats, and other animals, they can smell that. That's why when you go visit them and you're thinking of possibly adopting them and they're banging themselves in the cages and they're, they're crying, whether they're meowing or barking, it's it's a call of desperation. They know. They have the instinct. They know they'll be executed. This has to stop. Look, our owner-operator, John Casimatidis, started this. When he ran for mayor in 2013, he had the first mayoral platform that said we should have no-kill shelters in New York City. And then when I was lucky enough to run, I carried on with that tradition. But then we're paying millions of dollars to kill, kill the animals who are our friends, who are our family members, who are distraught. Imagine in weather like this. There are some who have to survive out in the streets. And then they're picked up. Is surrendered to animal control. And you say, that's good. They're in a shelter, right? Good for 72 hours. And then that's it. Lights out. We'll carry on with that tonight at 11. I had to get that off my chest because, you know, everyone is so grateful for Thanksgiving, grateful for everything they have. They don't think about those furry little creatures, God's creatures. You know, Mahatma Gandhi said something very poignant. He said, a society that does not take care of its animals will not take care of its people. Look, homeless people I saw in the subways today on the E-Train, emotionally disturbed peoples roaming the subways. We don't take care of human beings. So what makes you think we're going to take care of our animal friends, our animal family members? We don't. Think about that as we sort of whisk our way into the Christmas holidays. Do not surrender your cat. Do not surrender your dog. You're surrendering them into an execution chamber. Contact us. We'll figure out a way to find them a home of their own at guardianangels.org, the Guardian Angels Animal Protection Division that my uh, wife dutifully uh, operates 24 7, 365. Don't do that. I understand why some people feel that they have to do it. They're sick, they're elderly. They don't have enough money to feed themselves. They figure, oh, I got to surrender my family member, my furry friend. Don't do that. We'll help you. And don't use as an excuse, I'm going on vacation. That's why I'm surrendering my cat of 12 years to the New York City Animal and Control Shelter. Because they don't tell you, you know, when you bring to surrender your dog or cat or other animal, You know, if we can't find them a home, if we can't adopt them out in 72 hours... That's it. You call us up. It's like the scene out of Goodfellas. Remember when De Niro is calling up to see if Heshi has become a made man and the guy on the other end said, he's dead. There's nothing you could do. He's dead. It's over. Click. Don't do that. You know, when it's time for you to go through the pearly gates, you're going to have that written. Whether it's Hashem's, the book of life or it's J.C. You surrendered your family member of 12 years only to be executed and then that furry little creature is going to be on the other side of the pearly gates going meow, meow. And all of a sudden, uh, St. Peter's going to say, we got a special place for you, pal. Get ready. Get on that elevator. You're going straight to hell without an asbestos suit. And then we'll be playing the Tramps' Burn, Baby, Burn. Yeah, that's theater of the mind. Keep that image in your head. Our number is one 800 That's 1-800-848-WABC. You know, out of the many things that I've done in my life, enough of the music, because we're now talking the Lower East Side. And there were four crooks in the Lower East Side, none of whom are with us any longer, thank God. And they probably had to enter that elevator and go straight to hell without an asbestos suit. Who are those individuals? Oh, well, come on. It should be obvious to you. You've probably seen enough of the A&E or History Channel documentaries about Maya Lansky, Bugsy, Bugsy Siegel, and Lucky Luciano. And the man who just recently joined them. In the bowels of hell, the former Speaker of the Assembly of the City of New York, I call him the Hyman Roth and Meyer Lansky of Democratic state politics, Sheldon Silver. And uh, he had been released from Otisville, the camp. He didn't do time in the prison. No, no, no. He, They had him in a camp. And he was always kvetching, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm an old man, I'm going to die, let me go, let me go. Even though after waiting years before turning himself in to the federal prison on a a six-and-a-half-year term on bribery and money laundering charges, millions of dollars, millions of dollars he siphoned off, and he was found guilty. It's very difficult to get a jury of 12 who find you guilty, especially when you have good lawyers, as obviously Shelly Silver did twice. Remember, it was Preet Bahara, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District, who um, prosecuted him the first time, found guilty. He went back to court on appeal. After like six years, they found him guilty again. And finally, he had to go to Otisville. Well, they slipped him out the back door. They didn't let anybody know. Shh, hush, hush, mosh, mosh. We know Shelly. Shelly knows us. But the Alta down in the Lower East Side tipped me off, called me, hey, Curtis, guess who got released from Otisville? I said, who? Uh, Shelly Silva. I said, impossible. He hasn't fixed, not halfway even through his uh, six and a half year sentence. They let him go, but they didn't let anybody know. So I said, well, guess who's coming to breakfast? We're going to sit down for a little brunch. And remember, Shelly Silver, only dairy. He didn't have meat products. You know, he was at Ratna's he held Court, you know, the king of the Lower East Side. He was like the godfather of the Lower East Side. So I showed up at his apartment. He lives in the co-ops down in the Lower East Side. And it was a day very similar to this, where it was raining, it was drizzling, it was cold, it was damp. But I was hell-bent on finding Shelly Silver and I walked into the foyer, the lobby, and I looked up and down, and I closed my eyes, and I said, Hashem, I'm a righteous Gentile. Make sure that I hit the right buzzer. And believe it or not, it was Shelly Silver. Cheryl. Yes, Shelly? Yeah. Yeah, this is Curtis Slay with Shelly. I'm just making sure we're supervising you. Make sure you're in your apartment, Shelly. here. Yeah. All right, you're not going to go anywhere, right, Shelly? No. Nope. All right, you know, you belong back in jail. You should be in Otisville. Thank you. All right. Take care. Ah, thank you. And guess what? The next day, it hit all the media, and all of a sudden, the federal officials said, how did he slip through the cracks? You got wind down the pocket line, you screws. And so they went to pick up Shelley, took him back to Otisville to fill out his term, and he died. And you know he went straight to hell without an asbestos suit. And today the New York Daily News has its lead story, talks about the millions of dollars that Shelley Silver stole from cancer patients. Stole. And the way he did this as the most powerful Democrat in Albany at the time, more powerful than Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo had been, more powerful than Andrew Evil Eyes, Cuomo, son of Mario Faccia Bruta Como had been, more powerful than any Democrat, a Speaker of the Assembly, is he was a steerer. So what would happen is there would be people who had asbestos poisoning, whether they worked with asbestos, or let's say they lived out in New Jersey. If you've ever been to Manville, they had the biggest factories for asbestos. All of them closed. They're all browning fields now. I mean, maybe centuries before anybody can actually occupy those lands any longer. And people would end up with this degenerative cancer disease that would not only be debilitating, but would lead to a horrible death. Now, Shelly Silver's not a doctor. Not even a lawyer. Is a steerer. So just like if there's a traffic accident out in the street, right, a fender bender, and some guy just pops up and he looks at you and says, fake it. You know, like all of a sudden, you know, you can't move your neck. You know, you need an ambulance. Here's a card of a doctor. Here's a card of a chiropractor. Here's a card of a lawyer. They all work together. They all will file for insurance don't worry about me. Oh, uh, thank you. uh, They're going to take care of me. You know, they're going to they're going to piece me. I'm a steerer. This is what I do for a living. I steer cases to crooked doctors, chiropractors, lawyers who have this cabal in which they milk the insurance companies and everybody else's insurance go up. So just fake like, oh, you can't move. Oh. And then all of a sudden, you write the paperwork out, you're incontinent, you're impotent, you're having nightmares, you can't function, you can't leave the house. In fact, you're, uh, you're, you have vertigo, you're, 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 you've lost your manhood, your womanhood. Hey, don't worry, they'll fix up the word. You get a nice settlement. Hey, the lawyers get like 40%, the doctors. The ca- don't, trust me. Oh, you're such a good Samaritan. What is your name? Don't worry about my name. Except Shelly did this on a higher level. So this doctor at Columbia University, who was considered an expert in mesothelioma, a very degenerative cancer disease, would steer the patients to Shelley. Now, he's the assembly speaker, but they could have a second income. And he would then steer them to, at that time, the most prestigious firm that existed for one reason only, and that was basically to milk the system. Whites and Luxembourg. So it's three way. Goes from the Dr. Talbot, Columbia University to Shelley. Shelley makes the calls to Whites and Luxembourg. And he goes, And how much do I get for this? Cash on the barrelhead. He made millions, millions from cancer patients. Read about it in the daily news today. And all of you who were pissed at me like dove hiking. How can he do this to an Orthodox Jew? He's one of our people. He davens every Saturday down there in the shul. I don't care if you're a Jew or a Gentile. I don't care if you kiss trees and you hug the Barney Stone. If you're a criminal, you go to jail. Whether you're a black kid who sticks a gun in my back and steals $5 on the subway, which is happening every day now, or you're a white-collar thief like Shelly Silver, and you took millions, you go to jail. And that may not have even been the worst of what he did. You know, a lot of people assume, you know, there are these tropes out there, these stereotypes, that every Jew is rich. You know, if if you don't see that they're rich, they got the shekels stuffed in their mattress. Well, guess what? There are a lot of poor Jews out there. And there's a group out there called the Met Council And for years, the leader of the Met Council was a guy, Rapfogel. Every time I'd shake his hand, it was like a cold fish. I knew this guy was a crook right down to the marrow of his bone. For two decades, they referred to him as the Prince of the Jews. Who was he? He was married to uh, Shelly Silver's chief of staff. It was all incestuous. A woman named Judy Rapfogel. Shelly would steer money into the Met Council. From the Assembly. Okay. But this guy, Vogel, would steal the matzo balls out of the soup. When the feds raided the apartment that he shared with his wife, Judy, they went right to the closet because they had a confidential informant. He had boxes, shoeboxes full of cash, a million dollars, that he ripped off from those poor Jews. And you know what his wife, the chief of staff of Shelly Silver, Judy, said? I never knew he had money in the closet." That was a marital closet. They shared the bedroom. She's as much as a crook as him, as much as Shelly, who got kickbacks. Now, that was never proved. But I know. And that's why I went after Shelly Silver. And uh, tough noogies, all of you out there, Dove hiking, Orthodox Jews, I don't care who you are, people who served with him in the assembly, you are who you associate with. You can't extricate yourself from them. If you knew he was a thief, in this case, robbing poor old Jewish people or steering money from corrupt doctors to corrupt insurance companies, that's a double shanda. I'm proud of what I did. Read today's Daily News, all of you who are accusing me of being an anti-Semite. If you're a crook, I don't care who you are. I am going to pursue you until the ends of time.
1: Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.
0: She was an iconic figure of the Lower East Side, Blondie, which uh, she came of age. Madonna at that time had just arrived from outside of Detroit chasing uh, young Puerto Rican guys all over the Lower East Side, the LES. She had something for young Puerto Rican guys. I mean, every time I'd see her in the streets, like, another one? But Blondie actually dominated the um, subculture of the Lower East Side. She would walk around, you know, she paid no mind to nobody. She had her nose in the air like she just didn't care because she was the ultimate diva at that time. But whether it was Delancey Street, Houston Street, whether it was St. Mark's, Tompkins Square Park, the clubs, oh, Bleecker Street, ooh, Blondie came. It's like the the uh, the sea parted for Blondie. And she was synonymous with the Lower East Side. At that particular time, I happened to have uh, an apartment that I shared with my wife at the time, Lisa. We were doing Angels in the Morning here at WABC on Avenue A, St. Mark's Place, across from Tompkins Square Park. David Dinkins was mayor. He failed in so many things. The only thing he actually ever did was in the aftermath of riots in Tompkins Square Park. This was like in the middle of his mayoralty. The anarchists revolted. The hippies were growing pot in Tompkins Square Park openly. The yipsters, <laughs> he put a fence around. And he actually said there's a curfew. And as of 8 o'clock at night, they would lock up Tompkins Square Park to keep all the riffraff out. And uh, I would watch this from across the street because there was a little sort of a store beneath us. One store, uh, one floor. A little roof, and that was right next to the apartment. Nobody ever broke in. Crazy, right? You're going to break in, I'm there, I'll kill you. But there was an Iraqi downstairs stirring the garbanzo beans to make the hummus. That is the nastiest smell in the world. So I would go downstairs because sometimes they wouldn't close the back door, and it would waft its way up. And, I mean, it twirled every hair in my nose, the smell of simmering garbanzo beans. Now, this tells you how our geopolitical attitudes and friendships or hatreds affect what goes on in our city. So I walk in there. It's an Iraqi woman, an Iraqi man. The woman did all the work. The man is just sitting there, right, smoking a cigarette. You could smoke cigarettes at that time, drinking Turkish coffee. And there's a picture of Saddam Hussein on the wall. That's when he was our friend. Remember, that's when he was going to war against the Ayatollahs, the war of attrition, and we were supporting him. And then all of a sudden, and remember, Ronald Reagan undercover with Ali North was selling tow missiles through the Israelis to the Ayatollah, to the Iranians, and then we used the cash to support our war against the Sandinistas of Daniel Ortega, who's still there as a dictator, imprisoning all of his people. His wife is the vice president, and we were supporting the Ronald Reagan-led Contras. Remember? Remember that? There's a picture of Saddam Hussein up there. I'm like, what the? That's when he was our friend. Like Muammar Gaddafi. Remember Muammar Gaddafi? Uh, our friendly anti-Semite, and then our enemy anti-Semite. Yeah, we do that in this country. Likewise for Saddam Hussein. I said, lady, could close the back door? I mean, you know, you're simmering. She had like pots of garbanzo. Because at that time, the, the young people of the Lower East Side, oh, we got to have my hummus. Hummus is like, a, oh, my God, it's like, oh, it's what Viagra is now. If I could only have some hummus on my unleavened bread... Maybe I'll actually be able to fornicate and copulate. So they'd be stuffing their mouths with this hummus. But I digress. Down the block was an Iranian guy named Ray. His name was Ramon Alvarez. And I I know you're saying Ramon Alvarez. That sounds like a Puerto Rican guy. huh? No. He was actually an Iranian guy. He owned this little candy store, an iconic spot. And every morning I would go there before coming to WABC to do the morning show, Angels in the Morning with Lisa at that time. And I would pick up the newspapers because I had to have hard copies. There was no Internet at the time. It wasn't like you could always sudden go online. No cell phones. Either had the card hard copy, you were out of luck. And Ray was open 24 hours. So every morning now at that time, I was broadcasting during the trial of John Gotti Sr., the last trial, U.S. uh, District Court, Eastern District, downtown Brooklyn. And every morning I would have the mob talk hour in which I would talk about what had happened in the court the day before. And at that time, if you listen to Imus, you listen to Howard Stern, you listen to the King of Talk Radio, Bob Grant, they tell you, I'm not talking about the mob. What do you mean? (laughs) You'll be dead if you talk about the mob. Get out of here. I grew up with these yadroos, these knuckle-draggers. Well, they were almost right. As a result of my broadcast every morning, I was almost dead. So they were watching me as I would go to raise in the morning. Because Lisa, I said, Lisa, you ready to go? No, no, I got to put on my makeup and my lipstick. I said, it's freaking radio. Oh, I got to doll myself up. If I'm not all dolled up, I don't feel good. All right, you doll yourself up. I got to go and prepare for the show. I'll get the newspapers, jump in a cab and go. So this is April of 1992. I had my Polish briefcase at the time, a box. I would put all my paperwork in it, and I would carry it the way you would carry hot soup, you know, on your shoulder. So I'm walking by, and intuitively I'm saying, somebody's eye fornicating me. And I looked over to the side, and it was this dirty car, right, a late model sedan. And there were three, three guys staring at me all dirty and dingy. And I said, hmm, ah, I got to get going. I'm running late. So I walk over. I'm like a few steps from a race who's behind the counter there. Oh, man, he can make egg creams, you know, the whole nine yards, Twenty-four-seven, three-six-five. And these guys jump out of the car, and I hear him running up on me, and I said, oh, blankety-blank. I knew I was going to get japped right there. And they had baseball bats, and they were hitting me. They must have tooled me up 32 times. I even saw the autograph of Joe DiMaggio on one of the Louisville Sluggers when he hit me right across the forehead. And it turned out, who was it? It was an international United Nations crew sent by John Gotti, Jr., a guy named Kaplan. Kaplan, he should have been an accountant going to Baruch. What happened to this Booker boy? He lost his way. Uh, it was McLaughlin, the Irish guy, and was Rogerio. Thank God he's dead now. I think cancer took his life. But they tooled me up and they almost took me out. The only reason I'm not a vegetable or not paralyzed or dead is because Ray hopped over the counter, came out and started yelling at them as they were tooling me up. And then they jumped in the car. They popped a wheelie. They almost ran Ray over. He stood there. Everybody else ran away. Cops in the Ninth precinct came, they looked at me, and they said, oh, I guess you're not Superman. These were the days they hated me, right? And so it was Ray who told them what had gone on. He was the eyewitness. He could have taken the code of Omerta because these guys, because they were part of the Gotti crime family, the Gambinos, would have found out from their contacts in the police department. Remember, this is not the days of Giuliani. We've still got a few months to go. It's still David Dinkins. The 9th Precinct was corrupt. These cops would have given up that information. Hey, who ratted us out? Who ate the Parmesan cheese? Hey, that, that guy Ray at the candy store. They would have torched his place, or they would have tooled him up or killed him. He's got a jam now, and we've got to come to his help. 90 years old, right, he still works the candy store, the old-fashioned candy store. He runs the night shift. It's almost 24 hours that it's open. He owes a bill to Con Edison for $18,000 because he had to survive, like all other businesses, through COVID-19 and all the restrictions. And I juxtaposition it, and I say, okay, Con Ed's got to get paid. I understand that. Ray shouldn't have to pay it. He's done enough favors to people like me and others that we can pool together resources. And apparently they are at this point. But at the same time, Connet is working with Zabars, which is a really good store on the Upper West Side. All the outer cacas are there. I mean, it's high end. You know, uh, Joan Hamburger would be talking about Zabars. You know, she'd do like a half hour. Oh, you walk through the aisles of Zabars, you're not here, you're not there it's a good store. I, I don't go there. Nancy doesn't go there. But hey, it's a good store, good tradition. And so they basically have given Zabar's $150,000 to upgrade their system so that they're not having to supply so much electricity. It benefits the receiver. Ultimately, it benefits Con Edison. I don't have a problem with that. But if they could do it for Zabar's, And they know that Ray's is an iconic candy store there in which this guy, I mean, I might not be alive if not for Ray, or I might have been a paralegic, or I might have been just a vegetable. This guy risked his life. He was willing to go down on the paperwork of the ninth precinct when the mob controlled different elements of the police department. Remember. The 12-hour luncheons that Gotti Sr. had with the Altadano, with Santucci, the DA of Queens, right? And with the local police, they had their hooks into the cops. This is before Giuliani. He said, no, no. And I, I talked to him afterwards. I said, look, this is my beef. He said, no, 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 no. They can't do that. They can't do that in our neighborhood. And that's when it was the alphabet jungle. Dope fiends everywhere. Burned out buildings. Guys basing up, doing free base and putting their legs out the empty windows and just staring off into space. That's when Belushi and the crew would come down from Saturday Night Live, their after parties, and they'd be doing cocaine on 11th Street between C and B, and everybody knew it. And crack. Remember, the menace of crack. And Ray had one thing behind the counter, a baseball bat. You came across Ray's counter. You pay the price. As Ray would say, if I got to slam you with the baseball bat, I slam you, and then I drag you outside and I leave you there. When the cops come, I don't know. He must have gotten drunk in the bar over there. Streets, 90 years old. He's still working. We got to make sure that Con Edison does the right thing. They got to get paid because a lot of people owe Con Edison money because they couldn't pay Con Edison All during COVID-19. I'm not suggesting the Con Edison not get paid. But you got to suggest if they could help Zabars curtail their bills, and that's the right thing to do for both, they should be able to work with Ray. And we in the community who have benefited from Ray being that iconic person at that candy store right off of Avenue A, St. Mark's, should just walk a little south, we really got to come to his aid. Man, this is a story. Thanksgiving is a time where we come together as family and friends and we help those who can't help themselves. Ray has always been there to help all of us. Now it's time that we help the iconic figure of the Lower East Side who never left, could have folded up his business and retired and enjoyed the rest of his life, but still works the counter in the most dangerous time to do it in the overnight shift. Check this out.
1: No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Miami, Fla. Hitchhiked her way across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. she says, "He, babe, take a walk on the wild side." Hmm. Said hey, Lou honey, Reed, take a walk on the who wild made his side. bones
0: in the Lower East Side, but also always had a shaft in his arm. He was, he was a mainline shooter. Drugs, heroin, you'd see Lou Reed on avenues A, B, C, D with the rest of the dope fiends. And yet, he was able enough times to sober up, dry out, and create music that was synonymous with the Lower East Side, against all odds. And in fact, this song became a commercial hit. He never wanted to do any kind of commercial radio. His uh, label said you got to do this song. Come on, Lou. This is you. This is about transgenders, transvestites. This is like what the Kinks did in the 70s. Remember? Remember the song? That was a number one song. This song was a number one song. So we act like transgenders, transvestites, transformers, uh, non-binary. No, we went through this in the 70s. The Kinks, Lola. I said, hey, babe. See listen to
1: this.
0: All right. What's he talking about, huh? Think about it. This is in the 70s. He's talking about transvestites, transgenders. Yeah. So we've been through this before. And he just happened to be a survivor But a lot of dope fiends knew Lou Reed in the empty buildings on Avenue D when they were shooting galleries, when they would line up for the P-Dope man who would come in. And they had the fanny packs in the front. They had the glassine envelopes of heroin on one side, and they had the money they would keep on the other side of the fanny pack, and they'd have their security, and the lines would go around the block, and people would wait there for hours, just so they could go upstairs to the abandoned buildings into the shooting galleries. Lou Reed was one of them. But I want to tell you, there was a young Asian man who was growing up in the Lower East Side at that particular time, who... Uh, his name was Lester Chang. And, you know, it's incredible. We've seen the rise of Asian-Americans uh, throughout our country, and especially here in our tri-state area and city. You know, Asian men, Asian women who are like, it's almost like they're walking in the footsteps of the Jewish community who used to tell their kids, hey, put that, uh, you like that pigskin? Hey, you like the hazari? hey, you, you know we're playing football or basketball. You need to study. You need to become something that we weren't. We came over. We couldn't even speak English. We didn't even have two yen to rub together. He came from that kind of background. And I notice now, as I look upon the city, and I did extraordinarily well getting Asian and Chinese votes uh, against Eric Adams. I actually won the Chinese and Asian votes for the very first time for Republicans because I think I understand the people a lot better than the other politicians do. But I look around and I see that Asian American men who have dominated now academics for like 40 years all of a sudden are relegated to the sidelines. They're not part of the seminars. Like you look at this this seminar that's being held by the New York Times where they're inviting the, the Scrazia CEO of FTX, right? I say, well, where are the Asians? Oh, well, we got to invite them from mainland China. Those are our enemies. I'm talking about... American Asians, they never do that. And there always seems to be a stigma that they're too quiet, they're too ugly. You know, they work, they gamble. They don't represent anybody but those people in their community. That's not true. That that whole stereotype is imploding now. And it's best seen in Lester Chang. Now, you say, who is Lester Chang? Lester Chang uh, grew up part of his life in Brooklyn, went to Midwood High School. You know who went to Midwood High School? Our own Sid Rosenberg, who's who's number one in the mornings. In fact, I'll be with him tomorrow talking about a very dear friend of ours named Tom Sullivan, an assemblyman who won his race against a Democrat out in the Rockaways in Broad Channel, fair and square. He beat this Pfeiffer Amato, fair and square, and the Democrats are trying to steal the election. We're going to go into details tomorrow morning. Steal the election from this guy. Hero. Served in war. Served in peace. Has been an iconic figure with the Sullivan family out in the Rockways. Even the Democrats, they don't have a bad word to say about Tom Sullivan or the Sullivan family. And you've heard um, Sid extol their virtues. He's been a lifelong friend of them for years. And they're stealing the election. They're doing the same thing to Lester Chang. Let me tell you his story. Two tours of duty in Afghanistan in the war. War hero. Always promoting Chinese-American service in the military. Proud member of the American Legion on Canal Street. Fought to get funds to repair the monument that is in Chinatown, that is in decay, that is falling apart in tribute to the thousands of Chinese-Americans that served in World War I. World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, etc. And so he lived uh, on Rivington Street for a while. And then, unfortunately, three years ago, his wife passed away. And then he was summoned to Brooklyn, where his 95 year old mother lives in the house that he was raised in when he went to Midwood. His mother, unfortunately, like a lot of our parents in the latter years, is suffering dementia and Alzheimer's. So he's the primary caregiver. So he went back to his home. Like, I went back to Can- Canarsie before my grandfather, Fidel Bianchino, died, before my father, Chester, died, before my mother, Francesca, died. Right? This is what, this is what children do. So he decided while he's living in Brooklyn, caretaking for his mother, he's going to run for office, the assembly there, in a district that this guy named Abate Jr., Peter Abate Jr., 36 years, poster child, right, for term limits, been there long enough. And let me tell you the disgraceful thing that Peter Abate Jr. did. It was a 9-11 commemoration. Lester Chang, 24 years in the Navy and Navy Reserve, two tours of duty in Afghanistan, was standing there in his Navy whites, and Peter Abate was there also and said in front of the crowd, hey, Lester, you think uh, Halloween is a little early? Lester, being a man's man, humble, showing humility, did not respond. Can you imagine at a 9-11 ceremony, He's saying to Lester Chang, a hero, what are you wearing, your Halloween costume early? What a double disgrace. What a double shot. Lester didn't punch his schnoz right down his throat, which, let's face it, if that was me or somebody else, they mind But the way Chinese are, they're very humble. You know, they're very reserved. But he allowed that, that anger to surface by going door to door in that assemblymanic district, which is mostly Italian, mostly Orthodox Jews, and some Asian. So you can't say it's an all-Asian district. He had dozens of Chinese-American volunteers from high school, from college. As you know, they do very well. And they were giving whatever free time that they weren't studying to help elect Lester Chang. On election night, he won the election fair and square. You know what Peter Abate and the Democrats are doing? They're challenging him in court. He won it fair and square. It's not even close. They're claiming that he wasn't a resident of Brooklyn. Now you say to yourself, you scum. This man lost his wife three years ago in his apartment in Rivington. He didn't just crawl in a ball like many people do who lose their lifelong partner, their friend, and they, it takes them years to recover. He went out and helped his mother, 95-year-old mother, suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's as the primary health care giver in the house that he grew up in. When he went to Midwood High School, he grew up in that district. They're scum. They want to steal that election from him. He's not complaining. I had a conversation with him. He said, Curtis... I did everything I could. We knocked on every door. We won this election fair and square. He sullied my reputation. He disgraced me in front of other Chinese Americans at the 9-11 commemorative ceremony. I said nothing then. He said, oh, you're trying out your Halloween outfit early? And he was laughing like a jackal, like a hyena. Sucked it up. I use that to go out there and win the election fair and square. Now, this is not the first election that he ran in. When Shelley Silver, the Lansky, the Hyman Roth of the Democratic Party, the man who had his beak in the trough, as I explained at the beginning of this Lower East Side uh, uh, episode, stole millions of dollars from cancer patients and poor Jewish people taking the matzahs right out of the... The matzo ball soup. He challenged Shelley Silver. And they all said, you will pay the price, Lester." He goes, I served America in war. I'm ready to go to war for my community. Now he lost fair and square to Shelley Silver, but he gave him one hell of a race. And so the Democrats never forgave him. He said, you challenged Shelley Silver, Speaker of the Assembly, an untouchable You dare start this wave of Chinese Americans and Asians getting involved in politics? You've read recently how Congressman Zeldin credited a tremendous surge of Asian and Chinese support, many of them now becoming Republicans for the first time, free agents. They're not in anybody's back pocket. They're working hard. They're paying their taxes. They're making sure their kids go to uh, school. They're not letting them just hang out in the streets, most of them. And so they came after Lester. They drove him out of Manhattan. Said, you'll never run again here. He's a Republican. Right? A Republican. A conservative. And guess what? The Manhattan GOP did not give them him the line after that. After challenging Se- Shelly Silver and doing so well against him. Now, he didn't win. Shelly won fair and square. But he... He fired that first shot across the bow of the Democratic Party. You would have thought that Republicans would have rallied around him. No. He was put into exile. He Goes to Brooklyn. He wins the assemblymanic seat. And now they've gone to court to steal it from him. We can't let this happen, ladies and gentlemen. Right? They say, let elections be fair and square. He won fair and square, like Tom Sullivan out in the Rockwoods fair and square we can't let this happen we're the only beacon of hope for these candidates tom sullivan and Lester chang out there sid rosenberg in the morning me in the afternoons twelve fifteen to 1 monday through fridays and all on the weekend join us in solidarity put the pressure on the board of elections put the pressure on the officials we got to make sure that no judge steals the victory, snatches victory out of the jaws of defeat for war hero Lester Chang and war hero Tom Sullivan.
1: Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.
0: Boys, fight for your right to party. This might as well be the anthem of the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, who's off to party three days in Qatar at World Cup with his fancy shmata suits. But also, Beastie Boys, three Jewish booker boys came out of NYU, graduated violence, hooked up with Russell Simmons of Def Jam, and became the number one rap group ever, top 40. For your right. took seven years for them to give them a plaque at Rivington Street because the city council said no to the Beastie Boys. They said, oh, yeah, Biggie Smalls, Wu-Tang Clan, yeah. Beastie Boys, you're juice. To the back of the line. To the back of the line. What a, what a shanda. Anyway, let's go to uh, Al, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Al.
1: Hey buddy, how you doing? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to ask that. Um, I just want to let you know this morning about three fifteen, I had to get up and use the bathroom. I came back and I could not go back to bed because you and your producer,
0: whoever he was, were laughing so hard it was incredible. I wanted to thank you for that. Now that uh, 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 out, ahead, just buddy. a quick mention. That's what we do. It's entertainment. Uh, it was Avery. And I, that were playing cuts of Frank Morano of The Other yep, Side of Midnight. Yep. And it was great. W- we were laughing so hard because that's what people oh, need a good belly laugh. Oh, man, it was awesome. I just want to let you know that. It Thank was you. just, it was the best. Thank it was you, Al. Thank you. Out. Thank out you. There, buddy. That's what we do. It's entertainment, it's not just all politics. That gives me a migraine. Let's go to Barbara in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Barbara.
1: Uh, my hero, Curtis Slewa, Listen, uh, I heard what you were saying about the animals, you and your wonderful wife. I have tears in my eyes because what you said is so true. It breaks my heart to see what ha- what's happening, what does happen to them. I was raised with cats and dogs, and my children were, and my family to this day have rescued cats and dogs. So I just wanted to thank you so much, Curtis, and everything you say, everything I hear you say means so much to me. I can't tell you. Well, well,
0: Barbara, I I appreciate it, and it's real. It's from the heart, and it's based on experiences. Please don't surrender your cats, your dogs, or any animals to animal control, the shelter system of New York, because in 72 hours, if they don't find a home for them or foster them out, they destroy them. They euthanize them. You can hear more tonight from uh, my wife, who has dedicated her life to saving animals, to bringing them back from their deathbed, and then repairing them also mentally because they've been abused. Oh, you should you should see the stories of the abuse that people have put animals through. And then she adopts them out only to go to shelters like so many others who were involved with rescue groups to save cats and dogs and other animals before their moment of execution. Even the governor, Kathy Hochul, cannot call animal control, the shelter system, and stay in execution. Can you believe that? Not even the governor, like in the old black-and-white films, you know, as uh, Jimmy Cagney is at *Ossining Sing Sing, where they had old Sparky electric chair, the governor, they're hoping the governor can call and stay the execution, and the governor can. There's no more death penalty here. But they, if they were to pick up a call and say, I see you have on your your death list today this calico cat. I, I want you to spare that cat. Sorry, governor, we can't do that. I'm the governor of the state of New York. We help fund the animal shelters. Animal Governor, you don't have the power to do that by 5 o'clock tonight. That cat will be euthanized. That's why I thank all of those folks out there, not just my wife, Nancy, but the thousands and tens of thousands of volunteers who are involved with rescue groups, who save animals, who preserve animals, because as Gandhi said, society that does not take care of its animals will not take care of its people. Look at our homeless people. Look at our emotionally disturbed. Guess what? I'm going out and bringing more news information, and I'll be back at 9. Stay alert, stay awake, and you're not going to sleep.